Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and we've got the full team here together today. You know, beat writer Patrick Lyons able to hop in as we were starting, going to have the skinny on the lowdown from this one. And we got Big Drive Spence and Michaela Perkins ready to wrap up this, let's call it series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, obviously, look, the Colorado Rockies swept. Let's start with the bad. We get to the Silver Linings podcast in a minute. This part should be pretty easy because this is not surprising. This is not news. It still just sucks to watch, and that is that the Colorado Rockies bullpen, Michaela, <laughs> not, not good. That is a nice way to phrase it. Um, I would go as far as to say horrible, horrendous, not great, just not good. Um, fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> How many words can we come up with? <laughs> <laughs> fun fact, the bullpen gave up 16 runs in three games. That's not good. Oh, oh my. You yeah. said fun fact at the beginning of that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the bullpen is horrible. It's um, nothing to be excited about. Every time they go to their bullpen, I get um, acid reflex. It's just not an enjoyable experience at all to watch. And you basically can guarantee that – when it's time to go to the bullpen, the Rockies are about to either blow a lead or lose the game. <laughs> and I think one of the problems that kind of underlines all of it is just there's not enough reliable arms there. I mean, we we saw what happened to uh, Estevez this entire week, and Bardo's closing it out, which is an issue. But even after that, uh, the reliable guys coming out of the pen just aren't there. Kinley's okay from time to time. Almonte's okay. But Bowden and Gilbreth, uh, to a lesser degree, Lawrence – these guys just they, they aren't aren't ready to to compete the way I think the Rockies would like for them to do. And uh, maybe, you know, we saw Bowden actually before the game. He got sent down uh, to bring up Antonio Santos as sort of a long reliever. Maybe they'll need him this week for a spot start since Gomber, since Gomber won't be back. So the, the carousel continues to rotate round and round until they can kind of figure some things out, settle down a little bit and get some more reliability out of the bullpen. It's like picking your poison, like pick yeah. the least horrible of the options. None right. of it is great. Just pick which one you think is going to suck the least. Uh, yeah, Harris. they also driving. I was going to say, yeah, they also gave up. Uh, the, there were seven home runs in the series by the Brewers, and six of them were from the bullpen. One was from a starter. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's frustrating. Uh, today was a little more frustrating because you're close, but like. Friday and yesterday when you're up and you're like, oh, they can win two road games in a row. No. And then they could win maybe a series if they win those two games on the road. No. And they end up getting swept. It's like I I'm going to petition for like them to create some sort of issue where they have to only play seven inning double headers every other day. And then maybe the Rockies have a good chance to win. There you go. Rob Manfred <laughs> could get very into that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Commissioners on board. <laughs> No, that would be a decent option because they did take DeGrom to the brink, uh, if you recall, back to that doubleheader against the Mets. And uh, let's forget about the seven-inning doubleheader in Pittsburgh. Um, mm -hmm. But let's just focus more on the, the DeGrom one. But in theory, yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and, you know, as much as you might want to say, hey, let's just stick with the starters a little bit longer, this is already a, a longer season now, and, and here we are. We're not even at the halfway point. 
than players even experienced last year. So you have to uh, not baby the starters uh, because we're seeing it all around baseball. It's just, it's just a fact. And, and guys have been getting injured at a much higher rate, yeah. not just in the majors, but even in the minor leagues too, there's, there's just a rash of injuries uh, a lot more than we have normally seen. So you've got to protect those guys. And as much as you might want to maybe send Chi Chi back out for the sixth inning, you, you know, if you send him out and, you know, it exacerbates maybe some nagging injuries that he's already had. We saw that with, with Gomber not too long ago. Gray uh, needed a spell on the 10-day IL. Now you're in an even worse spot. Now you got to go down to AAA to get a starter where only one starter has an ERA under seven, and you have never heard of him before. He's good. Yeah. He's a good little prospect. Yeah, but so that's a worse problem, right, is you say, ah, let's see if we can piece together three, four innings in the back because the first five and six are even harder to replace and the Rockies have been blessed uh, enough to get a lot of quality, you know, from from their starters, even here on the road. Yeah, they had yep. good starting pitching this Very good. series. If we want to jump on immediate one silver lining uh, podcast, I will say for the bullpen was you can see the glimpses in Justin Lawrence. That's the one thing where even though he gave up the big double today, that really was the the dagger, the, the end of the game, it ended on a pitch. He threw his worst pitch of the game. He's still getting some ugly swings out of some good hitters when he is locating. You can see, okay, if this guy tightens up, but at this point, yeah, you, you almost just want to see him work through anything and everything that he can rather than trying to see if these other guys can find the strike zone. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. I think he has the most potential out of anyone in the bullpen right now. He I think you're right, Drew. He just needs to work on locating his pitches a little bit better and getting more command on the ball, and he's going to be lights out. He, that guy can throw gas. It's crazy to watch him pitch because he has so much velo, which is so cool to see. Yeah. And, and he's got such a sidearm weird delivery that it's hard to – like he threw a slider today that didn't get swung at, but it started probably middle of the plate, and Diaz almost didn't catch it because yeah. it, was that, it broke that hard. So that that is good to see. A lot of movement and a lot of velo from a guy like that is – at least hopeful, you know, it's not a bunch of guys out of the bullpen throwing 89 that are just getting waxed. Like right. at least there's some potential there. Yeah. And he's actually the only reliever uh, in the bullpen and, and only player uh, in the Rocky staff that hasn't given up a home run this year. So, you know, you, you got to like that again, smaller sample size, but he's yet to give up his, his first home run. I was waiting. There was, was a deep drive there. I was thinking, Oh, well, everyone's got to <laughs> give up their first, but he hasn't done it yet. And yeah, you see his upside and you know that, uh, he's going to be around for a while. He's going to get a lot of opportunities, you know, may have an Adam Ottavino type career where like man, you know, sexy stuff, but frustrating at times. But yeah. then when he's got it locked in, you go, this guy actually might be one of the better relievers in all of baseball. So this is year one. It's just a starting point and, uh, and hopefully sky's the limit for Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, as we talked about, uh, you know, Bardo with, with a rough series, he'd been doing so well. It, it was tough to see there the the two-run jack that got him in game one with the Rockies up 4-2, going into the ninth, ready to win their second consecutive road game, uh, which would be very strange <laughs> considering obviously <laughs> the, the year they've had on the road. And, uh, you know, just again, like not – he'd been having a nice couple of weeks showcasing himself. Then you see that and you go – Oh man, how much does that hurt his stock? How much does that just hurt where he's at? Obviously, the Rockies end up losing the baseball game, but more than that, uh, frustrating to see that one from Daniel Bard when he'd been coming off some better stuff. So as Patrick and I talked about, I think after one of his more recent outings, like the sooner you can get something for him, the better, because he's probably going to be better somewhere else. And I don't know that he's got enough of it, whatever it is, to build his stock the way maybe guys like CJ Crone or Michael Gibbons, when he gets back, they were building their stock. Uh, Bardo, man, it's, it's he tough. is depreciating in value quickly. Yeah, that's right. And, and what's frustrating, you know, we we talked about it. Uh, I think on on Friday's podcast, Drew, is this idea that you know the Rockies sometimes have to play hardball. I think with some of their players when they get lowballed, and sometimes the lesser of two evils is making no trade whatsoever. Because if you give in, now that might set some kind of precedence. And when you really do have a stock worth trading, like a Trevor Story or John Gray or Michael Givens, then now that's that's one you, you can't afford to take a little bit less than right. you're expecting. So do we see Daniel Bard in a Rockies uniform in August? 
I think maybe if he doesn't figure it out now, you can always wait to the off season too, right. because you do still have him under control one for next year. year as well. Along with Carlos Estevez, another one of those guys where if they get, they get it together at the right time or the right offer gets put on the table, you'd right. be hard pressed to pass that up. Well, let us instead then, because again, that's the best we've got out of the bullpen. That's it folks. That's as good as the silver linings get right now for this bullpen. But we do toast our Breck brews on this fine Sunday afternoon to the Colorado Rockies starting pitching. Looks like Spence has got the Palisade peach wheat. I've got, wait, what did I get? This is the agave. Oh, I got agave wheat today. I'm, I'm off my IPAs for a minute because I had a few too many hot peak IPAs the other day. So I, that doesn't get me off the Breck brews. That just means I go to a slightly lighter one. You go to your agave wheats, get your 15 can samplers of Breck brew or Seltzy at King Supers or down here at the DNVR bar. And if you become a member of the family today, you get a much bigger beer at the DNVR bar. So do that, become a member, get access to all the discounts on hats and shirts and all the writing that we do and all the discord chatter that's going on, talking 24 seven about the Rockies, all the other sports, favorite movies and television and hobbies, and just what's going on in your daily life. Become a member of the family today. We'll also send you that free shirt from the DNVR locker and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. And use promo code DNVR30 once you've got your free holistic stick to get 30% off all of their fantastic CBD products. Keep you nice and awake and alert for your, you know, weekend Colorado Rockies sweeps. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It's just uh, how it happened. But Colorado Rockies starting pitching, putting big old smiles on our faces these days. You know, our smiles are brought to you by our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. Located just outside of Denver in Lakewood, 15 minutes away. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning, x-ray, and exam today. They'll treat you like family. Uh, they'll, they'll make your dentist experience as pleasant as it can possibly be. Uh, much like watching the Colorado Rockies. Making it as pleasant as it can possibly be. And on of, the road. Oh, on the road. When, yeah, right. At home. At home. It's great. It's great. It's fantastic. No help needed. No laughing gas from the dentist required. Um, however, in this set, ugly as, as it was, frustrating as it was, easily the most fun thing, I think, from a Rockies standpoint was the return of John Gray and him getting 10 strikeouts in five innings, coming back, sitting on 97, looked absolutely fantastic. In the grand scheme of things, that's far more important for these Rockies than anything else I think that probably happened this weekend, as frustrating as the rest of it was. That was as, and this is the best, most consistent year we've seen from John Gray. That was the best we've seen him all year. Yeah, he looks phenomenal. I mean, although he only pitched five innings, he didn't give up any runs, 10 strikeouts, which is awesome. And he only had five hits. So, I mean, I was, I was stressed when he was on the injured list. Mm -hmm. I was stressed the entire time. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst possible thing that could happen to the Rockies right now. We don't need John Gray to be injured for a long time. So to watch him come back and to put up a performance like that, I felt lighter after that. I was like, okay, <laughs> everything's fine. It's going to be okay. I was just really stressed about it, but I feel a lot better now. And that performance was really awesome to watch, especially after he just came off of the injured list. Right. Jacob deGrom is the only pitcher who comes off the IL and looks that dominant and yeah, as far as that. getting strikeouts and getting as many ground balls as he did as well. And that 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 really blew the doors off of my expectations. We did a, a preview um, on Friday, and you go, a guy coming off the IL, again, it, it's almost like he, he's 80 85%, maybe even 90 but it's almost just like a, a, a bona fide uh, rehab star. Rehab, like he can yeah. make that in, in Albuquerque, but actually the Rockies need that little bit of bump uh, more than anything. So go ahead and do that. Work on a couple things, you know, you're going to be on a pitch pitch limit, whatever it is. And then it goes out and and to do that, 10Ks yeah. over five innings, double-digit strikeouts. And you didn't walk some, either, which is awesome. No, yeah. no walks. Were all five hits also ground ball singles? They were, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the kind of stuff, um, you know, we, we, you're right, Patrick. We had talked about, you know, if he comes out and he's just okay, that's fine. Not a big deal. You just need your guy back. You need him to work back into a – there was no working back into anything. You're just like, holy shit, that's the best we've seen him all year. It really was. So I'm excited for whatever the rest. And 
whether whichever way it goes, if Ken is right and he's upping his trade value, fantastic. If it goes the other way and and he's going to stay in Colorado long term or even just for the rest of the year, I, I think it's one of those two. I, I really do think he gets extended and stays long term or is traded. Um, either way, this is great for everyone involved, for him, for the organization, uh, for everybody. But yeah, he didn't. Will saying he didn't get behind a hitter more than two zero, like it was. Yeah. First pitch strikes, that's key. Yeah. I mean, again, those those young guys in the bullpen are learning very quickly how uh how much a walk can hurt you, right? And right. just not finding the strike zone and all of a sudden, you know, you give up one good hit that's you know barely a double. Well, that runner you walked on first base just ended up scoring a run because you gave him a free pass. So throwing strikes is huge. Getting ahead early is is huge. And when Gray does it, Marquez does it. It's just dominant. It's dominant performance. Yeah. And I've been saying this all season, and I still stand by what I've been saying. I really feel like a lot of the struggles that are coming out of the bullpen because these guys are so young is just a hangover effect from not having a minor league season last year. And I think a lot of the things that they're struggling with now in terms of command and location were things that they could have worked on last season if there had been a minor league season. And the fact that they didn't get the opportunity, it's now like a trial by fire where they're having to work it out real time in a major league baseball setting. Um, and so, you know, it's it's easy to get down on them. And I'm not trying to excuse, like, they are horrible. Like, the, the bullpen is tragic. It is so bad. It is probably the worst Rockies collective bullpen we've ever seen. Probably. But I think that there's a little bit of give and take there where – you know, you have to have a little bit of understanding, just a little bit, that so many of these guys that are so young, that are struggling so bad, probably wouldn't have been struggling as bad if they had an opportunity to work out some of their issues in minor league baseball last year, but they weren't given the opportunity. So I think you're seeing a lot of like their trial by failure, like happening now real time, which is unfortunate for them. That's a really great yeah. point. Yeah. I think something important to kind of piggyback off that is that they are, it's a, it is a bunch of young pitchers. It's not like this is a bunch of 30 year old dudes that just suck that they're like, Oh, there's never a career for them. They just are bad They're or they're over the hump or whatever. And it's always, if you have a bad team, it's always not, it's never good when you're bad and old and like looking to <laughs> offload yeah. people and looking to just re complete re I mean, we are completely rebuilding at some point, but at least these guys are pitching in major league games. Cause you never know, like, like uh, Patrick said earlier, Ottavino was, he drove us all crazy for a while. And now he's, he was a completely coveted piece. So you just never know what you're going to get. At least these guys are young. And the same with the, the same with the starters, like, yes, the, um, that comment about gray being traded, he could be traded, but even like all five of our healthy starting pitching basically without Chi-Chi Gonzalez are guys that could be the future of this team, even through a rebuild. It's not like we're, you know, we have a bunch of dudes right. that are close to 30, 34, 35 years old that are like, okay, we can ship them off and get someone else. These guys could go another five, six years and complete an entire rebuild and be a strong staff. And I think I said it the last time I was on with you guys, but I really enjoy every, like I looked at the series preview against the pirates, which they're going to sweep the pirates. So I'm going to say that right now. Hot take. Oh, Let's go. Uh, opening opening day 2.0. But like I see Gray, I see or Freeland, then Marquez, then Gray. Like I'm like, hell yeah. I'll, I'm I'm stoked to watch this. The first six to seven innings are going to be great. And then you never know what happens after that. But, it, you know, it's I'm still like on board with watching these games because those guys are not only pieces that can help us like not be want to you know what ourselves this season but they also can move on with the team and and go through a rebuild they're young enough to where that's a possibility think about how many pitchers in the bullpen made their debut this year Bowden, sheffield lawrence Patrick, Lucas like that's four at least four pitchers in the bullpen that debuted this year in major league baseball so i just think a lot of like what's happening now is the hangover effect from not having like a competitive minor league baseball season last year. Again, not trying to make an excuse. They're horrible, but it just sucks that they're having to work through that stuff on the biggest thing with like the most criticism possible because I've, like all eyes are on them. So and I number know. five very soon could be Bernardo Flores Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like I don't know this name. Well, huh? This is why you got to. This is why you yeah. got to subscribe and tune into DNVR Rockies. <laughs> Bernardo Flores Bernardo. Jr. But Spence, I loved your take on it because it's so true. And like this is, this is, you know, why there's so many good good baseball fans in, in Colorado. And and what makes a good baseball fan is is watching even when 
it's frustrating or even when the team's losing because you're investing in learning about the next guys. Even if the next guys aren't going to be superstars, Adam Adovino never was never an all-star with the Rockies, but he was an integral part of those teams in uh, 17 and, and even more so in 18. And you, you see that and you say, hey, maybe Lawrence could be one of those guys. Who else is going to be a cog? And if for no other reason for next year, the 2022 draft, your dude draft. Right, yeah. you got to know. You got to get in early. Who's you your dude for next year? That's I like it. Robert Stevenson. I'll tell I you. I think what. it's just. I think yeah. it's just so frustrating and also confusing because I've also been saying this whole season that this is the best starting rotation that the Rockies have ever put together, ever. and so it's crazy to me that. And they you know, that way. Yeah, and then, so like they have the best starting rotation that they've ever put together, and they're also really doing well at home. So if they could just figure out why they're so bad on the road, this isn't a horrible team. Like this team could be competitive if they just didn't suck on the road and that they could generate offense and then their bullpen didn't suck. Like it's just those three factors that like if they just tweaked it and could figure out why, they would be competitive. Like it would be a competitive team, but they've lost 31 games on the road. They have won (laughs) six times this entire season. They won six games on the road. Like, you can't be a competitive team when you only win six games on the road and we're almost halfway through the season. Like, that is horrible. But it's just so frustrating because they finally, they finally figured out their starting rotation. And then... Yeah. It's wasted by the the best starting rotation and the worst bullpen that they've collectively had at the same time. It's just like, why? Why? (laughs) Almost impressive, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, and, at least they and, haven't uh, lost 24 in the in a row on the road, though, up until yesterday. I mean, it can be worse. It can, you guys. Be, worse, it can be worse. It could be the Diamondbacks. So, yeah, right. Two uh, teams well, have definitely helped out. And, and I think a lot of that, what Spence and, and Mac are saying, th- those two things go together, right? And these are the, the kinds of pieces of the team that they need to figure out. And if they are going to build around this starting rotation, or mostly this starting rotation, that very clearly can be done. Yeah. Will it and will it be done wisely? Will they accurately and and competently solve the problems that Michaela that and that's where a lot of people said, no, I don't have any confidence that they're going to be able to do any of that. Uh, I think it remains to be seen because we have no idea who the next GM is going to be. Um, but yeah, when you look out at this team like this and you go, wow, they really do like they took that four two lead into the ninth. They took a four three lead into the seventh against this team that's supposed to be clearly far and away better than them. In fact, they're supposed to win the national league central according to a lot of people and they still might they probably they very easily can and here are the rockies who are terrible on the road terrible in general in their house outplaying them through the first seven innings of the first two games of those and so you're right they're it's the class maybe they have figured it out yet so far away yeah <laughs> maybe they out. have figured some of it out too because you know when things kind of hit their their nadir where it was just it was Awful. They got swept by Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, uh, widely considered, you know, probably the worst team in, in the National League. Get get jobbed out uh, on those on a doubleheader. Well, their last road trip, you know, same general results. They went one and five, but the offense was a lot better. They were able to hit on the road. Right. The pitching totally fell apart, but right. the hitting was there. Now on this trip, again, hitting was not. Not there, but overall, I think they looked a lot more competitive. And I went and looked even at like run differential. And for the most part, you know, even before coming into today, they had played four games and the run differential was minus five. So you go, all right, so they only lost by an average of of one run every game. The 5-0, you know, made it more like uh, they lost by two every game. But I think overall you're you're seeing, you know, much closer ball games. They're in it a little bit longer. And, again, it's really one – facet it, it might even you might even call it like a three-legged stool where it's starting pitching the offense and the bullpen and you know one of those legs is, is wobbly but the other yeah. two are good enough where it's keeping them in these ball games and they are looking somewhat competent yeah. i definitely agree with you patrick i think the hitting has improved enough to where it's not as concerning as it was at the start of the season it's not you got shut out but but right. it's it's improved gradually <laughs> as the season has progressed, which is great. Like, <laughs> yep. I'm, I mean, two of your starting outfielders are hitting over 300. You, you just had you, you, one of your outfielders had maybe the best June of any, or well, it's not quite over yet, but maybe the best June of any hitter in the MLB. So it's not completely lost. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. I like, I don't know what's wrong with her offense. Like I, I can't like you guys probably know better than me knowing d- deeper dives into numbers and stuff, but like, you know, Trevor Story's not, hasn't been great this season. McMahon's been struggling a little bit lately, but then you have, you know, you have Daza hitting, you have Tapia hitting, you have whoever starts at second base, usually Hampson, who's fine, Brendan seems Rogers. fine. Excuse me, yeah. Devin for 19. He's in his been their best road hitter lately, probably. Yeah, and no. he was the silver lining today um, offensively. He had, you know, a base hit in the first inning, fought, or sec maybe second inning fought one off to a right field, then hit an absolute rocket. That was just straight at someone hit another line drive straight at someone. And then somehow the last out of the game, I I don't know if he was going slow. Like, I feel like he should have beat that out, but when you're down five, nothing and it's your last out, I guess I get it. But yeah, he, 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 uh, he's one of my favorite bright spots of the season. And the fact that everybody wrote him off. And if he's our starting second baseman for the next 10 years, that's another win in, in the draft, just like John Gray, third overall. Everybody's like, oh, he can't pitch. He's not an ace, blah, blah, blah. And now we got two players that look like they can play in the MLB. So I'm so happy you brought this up, Spencer, because I really wanted to talk about this. Um, my my pe- The people that I have in the running for the most pleasant surprises so far this season, um, because I think there are like still good things that, about this team that you can look at and be like, well, that's actually, you know, that was a pleasant surprise. And I think, you know, I think I have four players in my in my running for the the nicest Love surprise it. so far, yeah. and that's Brendan Rogers, Jonathan Daza, um, Austin Gomber, and Chichi Gonzalez, who also is our king of the game, by the way. Yes. Um, which is great because I really did not expect Chichi to be in this position. Obviously, you know he started today, five innings pitched, one run, four strikeouts, only one home run. So. He did a great job for what he has been asked to do. I've been, again, saying this all season. Nobody thought Chi-Chi was going to be a starting pitcher this year. You know, we all had a pretty solid idea of who the five rotation pitchers were going to be, and he has come in and done, I think, exceeded expectations, to be quite honest. Um, He has been such a pleasant surprise for the Rockies this year. He has been a super solid fifth guy in that rotation, which is awesome to see. But I think him, Austin Gomber, especially, Jonathan Daza, who is another guy no one ever expected to make this roster. Everyone thought he was going to get DFA during spring training. Um, And then Brendan Rodgers, who has done an incredible job coming out of an injury and really providing value offensively to a team that was struggling in that area. So those are my guys. And then they're they're being, they're impressive. I'm impressed with them so far. Cue that we need a graphic, pleasant surprises. That's it. We got to get that going. (laughs) And with Chi-Chi, too, with him doing it, he's doing it at a moment's notice, right? Ah. John Gray, Marquez, Freeland, Sensatella, they all know when they're going. It's on the calendar. It's circled. They know when their throw day is. They know when they're they're resting. They know when you do a little sightseeing and, and walk around town before the game, come in right before first pitch, whatever it may be. Whereas Chi-Chi, he's just kind of waiting. Like, you know, yeah. we, might act, we may actually need you tomorrow night uh, if, if something goes wrong. So be on call. We may need you to be kind of be a long reliever or – we're, you know, Friday you're going to start, or you're just going to sit around and not do anything. Yeah. And out of nowhere, you're going to start your first game in like a week. So yeah. that's Which is a huge important ask. to have. That's a huge, huge ask for a pitcher because so much of being huge. a pitcher is mental and getting into a routine and getting comfortable in that routine and having your, your set go-to things that you do on every day of the week, because you know, when you're, you're supposed to know when you're going. Yeah. So asking a pitcher to do that, the way that they've asked Chi Chi to step up in that way is monumental because you know so much of baseball is also mental like baseball is an extremely skillful sport but a lot of that has to do with like the mental part of it especially for pitchers so the way that Chi Chi has delivered for this team he like I mean oh my gosh he deserves some type of award I hope they do team awards at the end of the year (laughs) he's the delivery man that's his nickname man he should be the delivery man I uh Go ahead, Spence. Do you think Chi-Chi moves to the bullpen if we ever get a fully healthy five and can be somebody that gives you two to three innings where it's like, you know, I know it's not traditional, but we don't have a traditional bullpen. Um, so, like, you know, he comes in maybe. It's well would be nice. Yeah, exactly. Like somebody yeah. in the sixth inning that gives you the the end of the sixth, gives you two outs in the sixth, maybe the seventh, and maybe starts the eighth, depending upon who's, you know, something like that. I feel like if we ever get five, all five guys healthy, and starting like that's that's an option I feel like they have to go with or at least give him you know he's not 
maybe he's not an eighth inning guy, you know, he's not that, but something that he can give you a few innings in the bullpen and not give up six runs. And especially when they're at Coors and have, they're going to have some leads. Like they're, they're going to win more games at Coors. They're just going to keep doing it. Um, he can be a guy that kind of stems that tide and maybe gets to a ninth inning. Yeah. He doesn't have any more options. So, you know, that, that's certainly something that can't happen. You would rather have him on the roster than turning around and just trading him and say, Hey man, we got so much depth because yeah, you get, you get all five starters back healthy. Okay. They're healthy now. What, right. What's going to happen in a month from now. So he kind of maybe even takes over the role that Jolie's Chassin has. And, and maybe Chassin is the guy that, you know, it, you see what happens. Does he get DFA? Does he stick around, maybe pitch down to Albuquerque and try to give yeah. some stability to that rotation down there. But yeah, Chi Chi, you, you're, you're going to find a spot for him and figure it out for when, the next pitcher or the next starter goes down because it's, it's so incredibly hard to keep uh, a full rotation together and healthy. And the Rockies were, you know, were able to do that. Was it 2017 uh, where they were incredibly healthy and that's a rarity. So yeah, yeah. You, you, you need him on that, on the roster. You'll figure it out. That, that's a good problem to have, right? Six yeah. starters and only five spots essentially. And I think therein lies the answer to some of their bullpen woes is that if they can get all these starting pitchers healthy at the same time and use Chi Chi as a middle innings, longer reliever type of guy, you know, that takes a lot of the scariness of having to go to some of these younger guys out of the equation. And, you know, maybe they don't blow leads like they did during this Milwaukee series because they finally have that guy that is more dependable in the bullpen. And then hopefully you can just get a guy to like, not, not mess up the ninth inning. Get outs, man. Find yeah. a way to get three outs. Like it's, it sounds so simple, but it can be, it can be absolutely brutal for some of these guys. And even in the long term, I've thought more of that. I've always thought, you know, if Ryan Rollison comes up and it turns out he can really pitch and, and he's ready to go by the end of this year or next year, that uh, that you don't start moving these starters. You start pushing the ones who make sense into the bullpen and exactly the way you were talking about. Spencer. I've always thought Sensatella would be the next guy on that list, especially if he doesn't lock it in quite the way I thought he could have this year. He's been fine. He's been good. Uh, he's been okay. Uh, but if he doesn't have it in him to take that next step and be a decently above average sort of number four, number three that, that, that you can rely on, I think he's a guy you can move into the bullpen, tell him to max out, throw it at 98, 99, use his his off speed, which isn't great, but use it whenever so you can keep guys off your fastball, get the most out of him. So I agree. I 100% agree. So you said Senzatella, you'd want to go to the bullpen? Yeah. Yeah, Sensatella in the future, I think, is a guy who could slot in very nicely into the bullpen. I mean, people have talked about John Gray as a reliever for a long time because he was a fastball slider guy, but Sensatella was always the guy I marked for that. Yeah, I agree. And what we really could see is Chi-Chi as a six starter. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen some teams tinker with it. Yeah, yeah. The Brewers had six starters for a minute. I know Seattle wanted to start the season doing Just that because, again, that. yeah, because, again, it, there was no – there wasn't a full season last year. And so guys yeah. uh, are going to maybe start breaking down a little bit more. And if they're all healthy, give them that one extra day. And, you know, and again, next year things will go back to normal, but you have to build up that mileage. You have to build up that ability to throw close to 200 innings. And guys last year didn't even break a hundred. So right. you, you, you just might need that, that six guy, especially in some of the dog days, of summer when you you're not really having too many off days. So that could even potentially be an option for Gonzalez. Yeah. All right. There was one question. Cause whenever Spence comes on and everyone's got to make sure you're following DNVR golf, big drive, Spence, big drive, Mitch, make sure you're following them. Uh, I always got to ask you a mechanical question. Uh, have you ever swung the golf club fallen over backwards and then realized you just split the fairway with a perfect shot? Because uh, Trevor Story hit a home run in this series. I don't know if you guys saw this. <laughs> Incredible. I, I well, I was I had the sound down, so I, I you know I think Drew got pretty excited right away, so he can kind of tell. But I had the sound down, and I saw him hit it, and I was like, ah, it's a pop fly to center. I was like, and then I like got up. I was like, oh, that's getting out. And I was like, how did he do that? He just uh, like I saw Trevor to the Brewers. Blah blah blah. I don't want to think about it, but like he owns that stadium, and he's like really he good there. Yeah. But that was Patrick. Have you seen anything quite? We've seen so we've seen Trevor himself fall to his. I mean, Trevor is he's he's done this once before. But that was wild. He like fell backwards out of the box, like looked down, like oh, I'm 
I got so out of balance and then looked up and watched the ball go 415 feet. Yeah, I, 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 look, I don't want to bring this up now, but it, it should be noted and we're, we're just going to have to see the reactions that we get from our friends, Michaela and Spencer. But um, yeah, we saw Trevor Story do this uh, 2019 where he hit a ball 505 feet, uh, hit three home runs, except uh, baseball savant has since changed that home run and it is now no longer 505 feet. It's now like, I think, 476. So it is now no longer considered the farthest uh, hit ball at Coors Field, even though there's a bobblehead that says 505. Right. I don't know if that's a shout out to New Mexico and Albuquerque. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, Trevor Story does some crazy things like that. That just is pure athleticism. That's why for years, Noel Arenado said, no, like Story's the better athlete than me. Uh, he's the better power hitter than me as well, because he's just so stocky there and compact and, and, and so consistent with that power. And, and finally those, those balls are going out because at one point in the season when he was still waiting for his first, it was like, Hey, if he had played in Cincinnati, he'd have eight home runs. And if he was in Tampa, he'd have nine home runs and you go, he has none. So let's stop talking about this. (laughs) Now he's got real live home runs. He's got some real Pinocchio home runs now that we can celebrate even when he falls on his butt. We can celebrate it. You'll love to see it. I'm, that it blew my mind. I gotta say, I've, I've seen some strong boy home runs. I've seen guys hit homers on balls that bounced. I've seen guys hit homers on broken bats. I've seen Trevor Story himself hit a home run and fall on his butt. But the way he fell backwards, I the science of it, I do not understand. I mean, do they still do that sports science show? Where they break? I don't think so, but I loved that show. I watched the hell out of that show. (laughs) Right? Wasn't that show awesome? Like, I'd get in on that. I'd also get in on. Okay, sadly, do I have to modify this now? Because Big Drive Spence, uh, (laughs) you threw out that they got a couple outfielders hitting over three hundred. Where do I have to just let go of the streak entirely, or do I get to continue to modify this? Because Tapia did. Have to come into this it's game over. late. It's it's taking it back. It's done. I can't say take a high road. Twenty-one take consecutive road. starts. With, all right, fine. The streak is over. Why'd they got to stick him in there today? It's bogus. <laughs> come on, buddy. You're better than that. You know what we're holding on to this year. It's not the playoffs. It's things like that. You see how pissed Tapia was when he struck out too. You think oh yeah, he was about livid. that one at bat. You think he thought he was going to hit a five-run home run? <laughs> <laughs> He knew he knew he'd been on base in 21 consecutive games, and that broke it, and that sucks. But it is what it is. He'll start a new one uh, coming up this. But 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 as Spence said, uh, he's been so much fun to watch. First in hits in the month of June. Uh, it's just fifth uh, in extra base hits, and then first in runs scored as well. I've always said that runs scored category was actually the most important for him because it's hard to keep him from crossing the plate once he gets on base. You saw it in game two, right after the tough loss. Rockies come back out. It was a minute and a half into the game. He starts it with a single, steals second base. Then Daza, who again, hitting over 300, doing his contact thing. You don't need any extra base hits here at this point. Another single, Rockies have a run before some people have even settled into their seats. Like I love that style of baseball, man. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, yesterday, or was it, which was the extra ending game was Friday yeah. night. Like, yeah. you, I, I will argue this until, like, the end of time now that there's a they start with a runner on second base. Home team, road team, I don't care what it is. You get that guy over to third base the first on the first. Unless you got a guy that's an MVP-level player hitting that that's like Miguel Cabrera and can't bunt. Right. You, you <laughs> do whatever you can to get that guy over. I don't care. It's just it's playing the odds to me is it's too much to not just let a guy swing away. Even if it is Trevor's story, let him drag bunt and have first and third nobody out. If he gets you know, I, I, that frustrates me because who knows if we would have blown the lead again? Probably, but that's not the point. They didn't score a run in that tenth inning when they you right. know because that's that gets your whole club back into like a good feeling. Like you just blew a lead. Oh, we got a guy on for second base. Let's score a run and get the good feeling back that we had when we were hitting home runs in the sixth inning and thought we were going to win the game. So I, I'm, I'm still frustrated when I see that any, any game, any baseball game. Now they're like, Oh yeah, we've got a runner in second. Let's just let this guy swing away. Oh, pop up. Oh, you know, yeah, any no. of this just, and then, I don't, yeah. Unless the guy literally can't bunt, which is not a lot of players. I would think in the MLB, let him bunt, 
let just put put the ball in play or put the ball in play the right side if it's a lefty. Just let him ground out. Yeah, uh, that frustrates me. Yeah, that has to be the strategy. You have to get him over and and as you said, Drew, you know to see Tapia get the single, steal second base, Daza gets a hit, and you go, wow, that is a recipe for success. Like that's as someone suggested on on Twitter, swagger and dagger. Like swagger that's how dagger. you do is it. Phillies thing. I think so. Okay. And, and it's and it's and it's just like one it. nothing like that. The only thing is, I don't think that's a recipe that can be replicated too often, only because you know Tapia's ability to steal bases. That that can't be it. That can't become like the hugest part. Yeah, he can do it, but it can't be single Tapia. You've got to steal second base. Like you, you can only replicate that so many times. But uh, it, it's one that you know we very well could see a lot more going forward, especially with Tapia and Daza at the top of the lineup. Yeah, I think it's something you know that that you have in your bag, right? It's something that you For can sure. take advantage. It's not not something you you necessarily want to count on. But again, if this was a yeah. team that had a lights out bullpen and was playing, you know, like the the Kansas City Royals of the last middle of the decade where, no, the offense still has their struggles too, but the starting pitching and bullpen is great. Now you've got these contact guys and you're running all the time. You'll win those games out of it. Of course, it doesn't really matter with the <laughs> with the state of the back end and everything. Uh, but I, I'm with Spence. Like, I've been shocked when they first announced that rule. I, that was one of the big criticisms. And I was right there along with people saying it's an easy run. I don't have to get a base hit to score a run. I do think the one big flaw that I've come to learn in your entire argument there, Spence, and I want Michaela to weigh in on this strategy as well as, as I've come to learn, these guys don't know how to bunt. That's, I think the one biggest thing is that a lot of these guys really don't. And it blows my mind or like can't in the big situations. And maybe it's that the pitchers have gotten better at pitching away from just giving you the easy bunt. I don't know what it is, but just put it down and you'll automatically move the guy over to third seems harder for some people. Yeah. You, like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree. I think bunting is one of those things. Like it's a lost art form almost. Mm. It's, it's not effectively used anymore. Um, it's like you, you know, you get, you get the sign from the third base coast or whatever to like bunt the ball and you're just up there like, oh shit. Like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to be in play. Like, I don't know if this is going to go where I wanted to. Like, it just seems like bunting has become like a lost art form in, um, in baseball. So <laughs> for whatever reason, they really, really struggle with it. It seems simple when you are like watching baseball and you think, oh, all they have to do is literally hold the bat right there and direct the ball in a mild way of wherever they want it to go. But it's, I mean, it's it's a struggle bus for sure, for whatever reason. I don't know. I, mean, I think that's it as much. As I think that's why I like it is because when I played high school ball, like I bunted a lot, a fair amount. Like I was hitting in the two hole, so I was, I bunted a lot and I actually successfully did a suicide squeeze in the bottom of the last inning with two outs. My coach gave me the sign and I like looked at him with my eyes open. I was like, dude, you got to re-roll that. I, don't, I think I saw a suicide squeeze and I got it down and we ended up winning the game. But it was like, I, I loved bunting because it, it, it throws people off. If you saw, I think it was Hampson today. He was, he was down in the count or he, no, he was up in the count one or one Oh or one, one. And he fakes, throws a fake bunt out there. And the pitch wasn't even close. Like that messes with pitchers. And I would do that all the time. I had no intention of bunting. I also had no intention of swinging at the first pitch, but we didn't have scouting reports. It's high school. So I, you know, <laughs> just put my bat out there and that pitcher throws it wherever, you know, yeah. it's, I think it's something that needs to be you know, and not everybody's for it. Yeah. Like if you hit 40 bombs, you don't, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. doesn't need to bunt, but <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but like certain guys, like I think it can help their on-base percentage guys that have speed, you know, when we had Willie Tavares back in the day, like that dude killed with that. And he was, a, he, was he was always on base bunter. and yeah. And I'm not saying you need to bunt to get on, but like, just have that in your arsenal. And some of these guys, maybe they should add that or consider adding that. And they can continue to be an MLB player if they can do things like that. Well, I think the way that, you know, hitters are going to strategically, you know, try to place balls, especially in the, like, in the age of the shift, is going to be a lot different yeah. as we keep moving forward. We're going to see a lot of changes to hitting strategies, I think, especially now that we're in the era of the shift. And, I mean, you saw today how it burned the Brewers. You know, Trevor Story got on base because no one was over by first base, and when Keston yeah. Field of the ball, he had nobody to throw it to because they shifted so dramatically to the other side of the field. 
So I think, you know, kind of like how bunting has kind of started to get phased out and it's not used as much and it's like lost art form. I think, you know, hitting strategies are going to change a lot as well because now that we're in this era of the shift, like a lot of things are going to be adjusted. I think moving forward to kind of either, you know, play against the shift or however you would strategically you play yeah. into the, play against the shift. I don't know, but whatever, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that is going to be changed moving forward. If it's good enough for Shohei Otani, I think it should be good for most other ball players too. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I don't care what Spence says. He did. I want to see you lay down a bunt. Lay it down. Can lay I just down. can I just declare my undying and unending love for Shohei Otani at this moment? This is it's a safe amazing. Space, right? He's incredible. I, I've never I've never seen an athlete like that before. No, no, we haven't. No one has. We have we anyone who's like, no, this feels like stop. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. This is new. I think the worst part of it, though, is that two generational talent players are being wasted on, on the Angels. <laughs> oh, and, and the wasted. Team. Yeah. Absolutely wasted. Mike Trout's career has gone completely wasted because the Angels can't get it together, whether it's, you know, their general manager, for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to figure it out. And Mike Trout has spent his entire career on a team that has just wasted a genera- generational talent and now they have Shohei Otani and I don't see it getting any better <laughs> and so now they have two generational players on their roster and they still can't figure it out so you thinking maybe Bard Estevez and a prospect for Trout <laughs> Otani what, right? what are we thinking here can you imagine and it'll be the show type trade right there. Right? I know, right? Approved. What? Uh, <laughs> Not to throw the poor guy under the bus, but, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up in the general manager woes and the Rockies and that it's, you know, easy to forget that there are some teams that have also big general manager woes and the Angels are one of them. <laughs> they have also problems. Major issues. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and if, if, you know, hey, if, if all this stressing you out a little bit, you feel a little bit tense these days, I feel it, I understand you, hop on down to our friends at Solace Meds. They have got absolutely smoking hot deals for you, get it? Because they're one of the best dispensaries anywhere in the world. That's right, I'm throwing down the gauntlet and saying the entire world. Even though I'm more familiar with just here in Colorado. They've got four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, one just blocks away from East Colfax on the D. <laughs> so I didn't say that right at all. Blocks away from the DMVR bar on East Colfax from where I am right now, just down the street. You can head over, get some fantastic deals when you use promo DNVR20 at checkout. You can also order online, S O L A C E meds.com. Purchase from there again, DNVR20 will get you 20% off. And if you go into their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace bar or King Cone when you mention this code the dnvr 20 they will hook you up with that free solace bar or king comb but if you need a little extra herb you need some quality herb solace meds has some of the absolute best you're gonna find anywhere and a lot of fantastic deals for you as well and then once you've had your solace meds and again you're on the same street you're probably gonna be in the mood for some illegal peats like i just I just happen to know that these things go together, all right? You get your Solace Meds, you get your Illegal Pete's. It's the perfect combination right down here on Colfax. Of course, all of you know that Illegal Pete's is delicious. I'm only reminding you right now that you're in the mood for it right now. If you happen to have been to any event in the Lodo area, homestand coming up, we're about to talk about that for a brief minute. Going to any of the games, you're out to a concert, you're out to a comedy show, show them the ticket to any event. They'll hook you up with a free draft beer or house mark with purchase of an adult entree. That's because Illegal Pete's is just a fantastic member of the community. In addition to their burritos and whatever else you get, uh, Spencer, you were the potato bowl guy, right? Like, whatever. That's me. Yeah, go yeah, in and ask for Spencer's potato bowl. They'll have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, but we'll plant a seed. They will. They will plant it's, a seed. It, I love that they take care of their people, man. I, I know some people have worked at Illegal Pete's over the year. They pay great. Uh, they, they take care of their employees. They take care of their customers. It's always nice. So have a, have a delicious burrito and know that they're taking care of everybody well. What's, what's not to love about that? So as we mentioned, and our friend here, Mark, my new best friend, Mark, and I know, I'm sorry to, to be creepy, but I know exactly, exactly where you are, Mark. 
my new best friend, Mark, talking about the upcoming series here. Opening day 2.0. And what are the odds? Kyle Freeland on the hill. And what are the other odds? Tyler Anderson. That's right. Colorado Rock. This is the opening day the baseball gods should have gifted us at the beginning of the season. <laughs> so I say we just cut it off and they're 0-0. Let's start counting as of tomorrow. Forget everything that's happened. The monumental dumpster fire this team has been on the road for the past. It's all been spring training. It's all was restarted. It's this all is when baseball seasons start, right? Last year led me to believe that this is when yes. baseball season. This is probably the time baseball season is going to start next year too. So, the, oh. if if the Rockies oh. go out and sweep the Pirates, like Spencer said, and sweep the Cardinals, like most Rockies fans would Oof. love to see happen. They will have won more games in the next week at home than they've won so far all season on the road. Nice. <laughs> Let's go. So that is so strange. The Cardinals are struggling. I don't yes, know if anyone's been noticing that. Boy. And the Pirates are actually worse than the Rockies. There have been rumblings. So there is there is some there's some opportunity here. There's some serious opportunity here. And the Rockies I, are so good at home. <laughs> the last start I remember watching Tyler Anderson when he was a Rocky, it was against the Cardinals. And I think he gave up eight or nine runs in the first inning. I've been to two games where my te- the Rockies have been down by eight before the f- top of the first was even over. Um, and so let's hope for that tomorrow. You know, just the Rockies get home. They feel great. They come out and just blast Tyler Anderson. Freeland's great. He's yelling, you know. Let's start it. Let's start it now. Like 15 game win streak, get back to 500. It's starting right now. And I hope Ryan McMahon goes out and has a big game. He has yeah. had some some uh, hand issues that's yeah. uh, prevented him from really uh, kind of holding the bat. You know, he's he struggled in Milwaukee there, but I'd like to see him go out play big on a. Well, it's not a big stage, but on a stage across from Adam Frazier, who did get support from his fan base and will be in the final three to possibly be a starter for NL second base. And so it would be nice for, for McMahon to kind of get the better of, of those two in the head-to-head matchup. It's Do you think Ryan McMahon has a chance to be in the home run derby at all now? Yeah, actually, I if he's healthy, I, I think they'll put him in, honestly. Yeah, that's kind of what I hope for. I I'm definitely him. going to that. If there's a Rocky who really wants to do it and is – of a certain caliber. It's not like if, you know, Dazo really wanted to be in a <laughs> sure, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think if McMahon or Story or Blackman or even Crone, I honestly think if they really wanted to do it, they'd let in one Rocky because it's there. And yeah. 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 I almost wonder if, if, you know, I, I would think again for a, a more inexperienced player like Ryan McMahon, who's doing well, don't want to mess up his swing. Uh, we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks' time, anyway. Yeah. You know, if he's still not a little bit banged up, but you know, does Charlie Blackman jump in and bite the bullet and go? Charlie's going. You know what? I'll do it. I will. I will jump it. on the sword for you. I will jump on this grenade and I will go ahead. And then you might go out and win. You know, win the damn thing. Win it. Yeah. I'd love to see Trevor Story in the home run derby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Story puts on a show in batting practice and, and Nolan's not joking. Like he'll accidentally hit balls out the other way, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think he would be the, the best show actually would be Story. Um, it's been a while since I've watched McMahon take BP. Um, Should we let one of the Rockies bullpen pitchers throw? to them? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's an old joke, Spence, but the way you snuck it in right there, that was... Uh... As good as Michael Givens has been, he's given up eight this year. Or no, eight in his career. So he's been better this year than last year. So It would I probably mean, set the record for the most home runs hit in a home run derby ever. Oh, just get... Oh, I don't even want to pick on him. Never mind. Love you guys. Poor Almonte. That's a great idea. Oh, my goodness. All right. So what do you... Uh, Mac, Patrick, what do you think? Spence, right? They get they sweep in these pirates, or I, I, mm, I seven I, games, seven games, right? So four and three, you feel pretty confident, right? They're gonna go four and three, right? Yeah, that's kind of like yeah. the bar. So you go, is it gonna be five and two, or if they do sweep the pirates, is it gonna be six and one? That's no, not six and one, but I, I, I. 
I'm fine with saying that they can sweep the Pirates at home. They're just so good at home. And um, who who are the projected starters again? Freeland. Freeland, Marquez, Gray. Yeah. Yes. They better at that point. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. They need. To. And if they don't, it'll be because of the bullpen. But. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, the St. Louis. The St. Louis series will right now, as it's slated, sends a tell against Adam Wainwright on uh, July 1st, Thursday. Chi-Chi against Johan Oviedo on Friday. Saturday, Kyle Freeland again against Wade LeBlanc. And then Sunday, 4th of July, Herman Marquez against Carlos Martinez. Special note, Friday and Saturday's games is the fireworks. Because Sunday is a day game, so oh, no fireworks on Sunday. On the actual 4th of July. Uh, I'm sure they'll yeah, have some maybe pregame, but if you do want to see fireworks, Friday and Saturday night on the second and third. There you go. Um, okay, so I feel maybe they could sneak two of the four from the Cardinals, so that puts them at five and two. If I yeah. just did my math right. Yeah. I'm fine with that. You like a five and two homestand? Yeah. That was kind of where I was at too, four and three or five and two. Um you'd I'd almost I'd give up one of the Pirates games to get an extra Cardinals game, which I think just about anybody would, right? Like, you yeah. just, I, it, it, and as Patrick and I talked about also, I think there's only one other. You, you brought this up four games set after this. The Rockies have split a couple, but they haven't won any four game sets on the year. So if you're going to get a 3 1 four game series win, I want this one <laughs> specifically. Yeah. I'm bummed we're not getting a Gray versus Arenado. We'll just have to take yeah. Marquez striking him out two or three no, times on I'm Sunday. I'm not getting another Austin Gomber. I want Gomber to get another yes. shot at this. Like yes. I know that he was so disappointed with how his start in St. Louis went, and I just wanted more than anything for him to start in cores oh, against man. the Cardinals and just light them Dominate. up. I'm so sad. I'm so sad we're missing out on that because that is literally all I wanted because Gomber is my dude. Like I'm right. a Gomber stan and I'm so sad he's missing out on an opportunity to strike to just golden sombrero Arnado X. <laughs> yeah. I think I know the answer to this. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna say five and two and I'm and I'm shocked that I'm predicting the Rockies to go five and two in, in any capacity against any teams. Uh but but I I think they've been playing better overall and I think they can they can win five of seven, but on that Thursday because uh, Michaela and Spence will we'll see we'd love to have you back again we'll see what happens. What's the reaction that Nolan Arenado gets? Yeah. What is your straight, thought? Have you had any thought moves. about it yet? Yeah, he's great moves. I just think every I think it's too. No. I think it's too. I think he gets booze. No, no, no. All right, so so I I mean, there will be some that boo him, but you're saying you will hear more booze than cheers, Spence. Hundred percent. Will you hear and, like almost nothing but booze? You think? No, I think there will be people that give him a standing O. But I, like, it's not to me. This is you know we can get down this whole road, which Drew, I don't want to take Drew down because we have a different opinion on this. The whole Carmel Anthony. I think he left on a bad <laughs> no, note, and so it's not that he's not a great player. He it's not that he not didn't give his all for the Rockies. I respect everything he gave to us, and I I still I have his jersey hanging up right now in my closet with the the nickname jersey that I'm never gonna wear again. But it. It's just the way the way it all went down and, and all the murmurs and all that stuff. Like, it just sucks for all of us because, like, this team made the playoffs two years in a row, which only four teams in each conf- or division or whatever they call do. You know, like, it, it's not like we were losing 100 games a year. Like, I get being pissed off about that. And I get not wanting to win, and there's a lot more that Nolan knows than I know. I'm not dumb. I'm not numb to that, that fact, but – just the whole way he left and and like, oh, you went to the Cardinals. Cool. You're three games under 500 at the same, you know, like it's not like he went to the Yankees, you know, it's not like he went to, and then he didn't really have a choice, but they're not some good team. They're struggling They're You know, it's, I don't know. Okay. So you, so, got, so you got about 51% booze, 49% cheers. Michaela, I mean, you're, you're thinking it's a, be a lot different, right? Yeah. Because listen, I don't think he let the way he left, wasn't bad for Rockies. Rockies fans, all their anger was directed at the front office when he left. Now, what happened after he left is what made Rockies fans upset. But, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, 
the people that go to Rockies games don't pay attention that much to baseball to know <laughs> what happened. So they're just going to hear Nolan's name and they're all going to be like, whoa! <laughs> and I mean that in the, ni- like, the nicest way possible. Yeah. Like, you re- like, in order to get like a full grasp on the situation of like, you know, Nolan sending videos to Wayno and, and the, to show the general manager about wanting a trade there and like, his comment about the curtain call, like you have to pay attention to baseball enough to be following the Cardinals to know that that happened. And I don't bless these right. like bless bless their hearts, but I just don't think that they paid attention that much to be that upset about it. And so I don't think that they're going to boo him because I don't even I think they don't know. know. No. <laughs> I uh, I'm actually right in between the two of you, and I'm actually very curious to see how this plays out because. I, I do think there's a lot of people that, that know, but I think Michaela's right. Not only are there a lot of people that don't know, but our local media worked very hard to make sure that that story went nowhere, whereas they will fan the flames of anything on the other side of it. Basically, the Nolan thing became uh, literally the paper of record the next day was, this shouldn't be a thing. Nobody talk about it. The Rockies fans shouldn't have any feelings about Nolan whatsoever. Move on. Let bygones be bygones. And I'm just like, Interesting. Interesting that that's the tactic now instead of fanning the flames now that he's out of town. But I think you're right. I think there were a lot of people that because it didn't get blown up into a big story and it was more just something that was known in uh, in smaller circles. Uh, because I uh, I don't think, uh, Tim, I don't think enough time has passed for the people who were legitimately pissed. I don't think the thing is, I don't know what Michaela is saying, and I think this is correct, is not enough people got pissed in the first place. The people who were pissed and are pissed and the reason why Spence thinks people are going to boo, they're still pissed. They're not happy, and they're going to be there, and they're going to be booing. The question yeah. that, that Patrick is getting at here is how many of those people what's are the there? What's the breakdown? Yeah, what's and, the breakdown? And, and I think Michaela might be right in that there are those people. They're hardcore. And, and then, you know, even how many people are going to games? You know, Patrick, you've you've been on this. You've written about this this year. You've tweeted about it. You've been you've been staying on top of this story a lot better than I have. Just about people coming in and out of Coors Field altogether. So if it's you know a half empty stadium, but then how of those people? How many people know? How, is it more hardcore because they've chosen to go? Do they go to the game just so they can boo Nolan Arenado? I'm very curious. I don't. I think with fire, I, I literally just bought tickets for the game Friday night, like two seconds ago. Um, but <laughs> I, I think with fireworks, I, think I don't get any commission for that too, by the way. I, I'm going to need to let people know that because of, you know, the advertising I just did there and the fireworks, I should get a cut. But anyway. right. also not to spoil it for you, but I do have a friend that works in ticket sales for the Rockies and I can confirm they are anticipating a very large crowd. For- it is going to be big. Yeah, they, they, for the capital F fireworks, the ones that are advertised, not the ones that potentially will show up on the yeah with right. Arenado. Yes. But, so, but for you, Spence, like that, you're going to the game more for the fireworks, you think, than for the return of Arenado? Uh, I don't. I just haven't been <laughs> in a while. I, I want to go again. I love it there. I can't. I tried to stop loving it, and I can't. So yeah. I'm going to be there. I think there's enough people that are still so mad at the front office and believe that Nolan walks on water that I think there's going to, they're going to drown out the booze. Like I would put it at like 80, 20, 80% cheers, maybe 20% booze. I really, I just don't see, I don't see, yeah. I don't know. And it's not like, it's not like Rockies fans are like Yankees fans, right? Like they're not assholes for the most part. Right. They'd rather not. They're That's the ones true. that are getting punched in the face by visiting them. Right. Hey, hey, hey. Not just Rockies fans, Nuggets fans too. Okay. <laughs> Not just Denver, Rockies fans. Denver fans in general. Maybe I'll have Thank to flip you. that script on Friday night. Yes. Meds for I just I don't see I don't see Rockies fans being those types of fans for better or for worse. And so I just don't I don't know. I don't think he's going to get many boos. That could be the eternal optimist in me, but I just feel like the tone is still so hateful towards the front office, and that's where all the attention is focused. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. It's I'm very curious. I have to say, I think you've both made very strong points and I don't feel like I've got a strong handle on this one. And and normally I feel like I can predict how Rockies fans are going to react to something, but especially in the post pandemic world, when everything got more digital there for a minute and, and this was a very digital story, I'm just curious to see how it all goes, man. Cause 
there's all that too. But then there's also just there. There are some people who boo the guy for leaving town, no matter what. Like there's always a smattering of boos, even when there's no controversy or drama, and somebody leaves, right? So like, it's gonna be fun, man. Yeah, so let's do have you back at least to uh, wrap that one up, if not to preview it. We'll have to get this group back together and see how it all went down. Thank you all for hanging out with us, wrapping this up one up. We know uh, it's been tough to watch the Rockies lose a bunch of baseball games, but we still have fun talking about them, talking baseball, getting ready for the homestand where they play much better baseball and should be better. So maybe we'll have some wins coming up. Spence has got three of them coming up for you against the Pirates. So we'll check on that. Love it. If they get swept, I'm blaming Spencer. Also good. Right. Get on (laughs) DraftKings Sportsbook. Go place all those bets right now one way or the other. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go bet Rockies in three, right? Right now, if there's a sweet bet, I'm in on it. 100%. Love it. Love it. Uh, keep hanging out with us. As I've said, we appreciate all of you. Make sure that you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. You're following everybody on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, at Big Drive Spence. Follow at DNVR Golf as well. And of course, at DNVR Rockies. Make sure that you keep being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to keep being absolutely Patrick, Spence, Michaela, and Drew in here. And don't forget Allie behind the scenes running the show. Appreciate her as always. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.